We're not going to have a, a separate tithes and offering time, but I encourage you to just go to the website. If God leads you to give, just uh, go to our church website, riverlifeaustin.org, uh, and there's a link there to our tithes and offering uh, page. Let us come to the Lord in prayer as we head to our message. Almighty Father in heaven, Lord, how great you are, Lord. You are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise, O God. And Lord, I ask your blessing, Lord, upon every person who is online right now listening to this message, listening to this, worship with us through these songs, O God, and listening to my voice right now, Lord God. Lord, and watching online, Lord, I ask your blessing to be upon them, Lord. Lord, Lord. I ask your spirit to be poured out upon them, Lord God, that you strengthen them, encourage them, speak to them, Lord, reveal yourself to them, make yourself known to them all the more, Lord. Show them how much you love them, Lord God, how much you care for them, that you gave your all for them, that you sacrificed your life on the cross on their behalf. And you rose again to give us new life. And we thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. And Lord, we are here to worship you, to honor you. Because you are our Savior, you are our Lord, you are our King. And Lord, you know the struggles a lot, a lot of people are going through right now, Lord. Anxiety, Lord God, the fear, oh God, of, of, this, of this pestilence, oh God, of this uh, pandemic, Lord. But Lord, we can rest in you, Lord. Because, Lord, you said that you, you're holding our lives in your hands, oh God. Your Father, our Father in heaven also holds our life in his hands. And so, Lord, we can rest in you. No matter what happens, oh God, we can rest in you. And, Lord, I ask your wisdom, I ask your Holy Spirit to speak to us through your word. And, Lord, I, 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 I pray also the Lord, this, we remember those who are, Lord, on the front lines this, this, this afternoon, Lord, you know the risk they're putting themselves into, Lord, by, by caring for those, Lord, who are, who are sick. And so, Lord, I pray for your protection to be upon them, Lord. Oh, God, I pray for our brothers and sisters who are, you know, who are members of our church. Who, Lord, we, we ask your protection also upon them, Lord, who are exposed to this virus, Lord God. Lord, let no, no harm fall upon them, upon their family, Lord Jesus. I ask this in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, even in our homes right now, we will make use of our time wisely, Lord. Lord, let this be a time for, uh, for us to, to strengthen our bonds as a family, Lord God. To, to learn to love each other more, to get to know one another more, Lord. And Lord, also a time for prayer, a time for for. Uh, coming to your word, coming around your word, and for devotions, oh God, and, and, and even a time of worship at home, Lord. I ask your blessing upon every family right now who's watching, listening, and all our members of our church, oh God. And Lord, we also pray, also Lord, for the nations, oh God. Lord, that are struggling, Lord, going to this in a very, very difficult and, and Lord, uh, in a very hard way, Lord God. I know many are, 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 are losing their lives because of this, Lord. 
uh, especially in Italy, Lord God, and, and also in China, Lord God. Lord, we pray for deliverance and healing. We pray also, Lord, that, that you will do something to, to, to stop the spread, O oh God. And Lord, we just entrust this country unto you and every country that's uh, affected today, Lord God. Even our country, even our Philippines, and every country that's represented in our church as well, Lord. So, Lord, we just entrust their lives unto you, our lives unto you, Lord. And help us to be humble, O oh God. To pray, to seek your face, O oh God. In such a time as this, O oh God. All glory be to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 I praise God and thank everyone that, uh, especially those who are, uh, who were with us yesterday uh, during our prayer meeting. Uh, it was the first time we did uh, a live uh, on a Zoom uh, prayer gathering. And I, I praise God that people uh, who were there was, got the chance to pray and, 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 and also talk and chat. And I praise God for that. I, I, I pray that next, uh, next Saturday you'll be there as well. Uh, we're going to send out another invitation for a Zoom uh, online prayer meeting. And, and this is a good opportunity for those who are not uh, members of our church or maybe you're not here in Austin to also join in. Uh, if, you, uh, if you have a copy of that link or you can post it on, on our Facebook page, uh, you can, you're encouraged to join in as well in our prayer meeting uh, next Saturday at 6 p.m. And I also encourage you to be part of some gatherings, online gathering as well. We're going to do uh, the, the couple, in this next week. Uh, I know uh, we're going to have a men's gathering. I believe it's at 6 p.m., right? Or not yet. We'll figure that out. But there's going to be a men's online gathering, and Erwin is going to organize that. And Rella also is going to organize a women's gathering also online. I know the youth with Faith and Renell, they're also going to have their gathering, uh, online meeting, as well as the kids and the young adults. So, so I do pray that you, you, you join this because it's a time for us to encourage one another you know, we don't have to make it really long or anything, but, but uh, we, we just need a place where we can share our hearts, uh, share our blessings, and also share what we need to pray for, for one another. Uh, you know, we, this is a chance for us to, to still connect and fellowship in spite of we cannot be, you know, physically be together with one another. So what I'm going to share today... I was planning to continue my message in prayer, but as I was, I was working through my message, I was working on an introduction, and it turned out the introduction became the entire message, because I wanted to talk about call to humility, and and we're going to continue talking about prayer and the and the and the impact of prayer in, in this world. I wanted to spend time on that, a, a lot of time on that, but we're going to focus on that part of the message next Sunday. But today, I would like to talk about the call, a call to humility. Because if you notice in Scripture that before you come to the Lord in prayer, before you come to His presence, God requires us to have a humble heart. And, and, and He requires us to have a humble heart and to pray. Have a humble heart and pray. You probably heard this verse many times this past several days or weeks and, and 
And, and you probably memorized these passages already, especially verse 14. But I'm going to read this again to you because I want to share something that I've, I've, I've experienced this week. And let me read this to you in 2 Chronicles uh, 7, 13 to 14. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among the people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And heal their land. You know, the, the context of this verse relates to the nation of Israel. And, and it relates to a specific time in the nation of Israel. But the principles... The principles, the, the message that's found in these passages applies to our current generation. And many of us are familiar with this passage. In fact, uh, there were, there, there's a couple of songs that was inspired, uh, songs that, that was inspired through this verse uh, in the last, I would say, several decades. But this week, this week, someone asked me, something in relation to verse 13 which we don't usually spend time on and it's interesting that the question was related to verse 13 and the question was that I got from this person is if God is good if God is loving why would God intentionally hold back rain why would God intentionally intentionally command look at that statement command the locusts to devour and why would God send pestilence or a plague among among his people no different than what, what we're experiencing right now why would God do such a thing and that's that's a, it's a very very uh, honest and, and important question by the way it was, it was really honest for that person to ask this question because this is what we find in this past passage. And apparently, if you, if you really uh, just notice how this is worded, this is not some kind of a natural calamity. This is closer to what happened in Egypt where God sent plagues, you know, to, to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And in verse 13, begins with this statement, When I, God, this is God speaking, When I, God, shut up the heavens. So this is God intentionally doing these things. He shut up the heavens for Israel. This, this by the way, this, uh, at this moment in time, this actually did not happen yet. Because uh, if, you, if you read the context of this passage, this was a private moment between God and King Solomon. Because uh, this was after Solomon dedicated the very first temple uh, in, in, in Jerusalem. And at that evening, God met up with Solomon, you know, appeared to Solomon and, and gave him this message. So this was a private, in a way, a, a, a private moment between God and King Solomon. And God was giving him 
giving Solomon this message. And in what he's saying that Solomon, when these things happen, when these things are going to happen, and when I'm going to do this to you, when I'm going to shut up the heavens, when I'm going to, when I'm going to send locusts, and when I'm going to bring pestilence, Solomon, he says, if your people, if my people, if the nation of Israel are going to humble themselves, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, he said, I will hear you. I will hear your prayer. I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive your sins, and I will heal your land. But the requirement is humility. Humility, to, be, to humble themselves. That's the first requirement there. And the response to the question, the person that asked me, I responded to this person. And this was my response. This was my response. First, in our sinful condition, you know, we, 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 we say, God, why are you causing these things? I thought you are good. I thought you are, you are a, 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 a loving God. But here's the thing. In our sinful condition, we don't know what perfect goodness looks like. We don't know what perfect goodness looks like. Therefore, we cannot judge God's ways. We don't have the capability to judge God's actions. When God does something like this, we don't have the capability to judge God and tell God, God, why are you doing this? Are you, why, I thought you were a good God. We cannot make that judgment. Just like a clay cannot, cannot dictate what the, what, what the potter does. Because in our sinful condition as, as a fallen human race, our ideas, our thoughts of what is good and what is, what is righteous can be totally off base. It can be totally wrong. And sometimes it could be evil in the eyes of God. What we think as good in our, from our perspective could be evil in the eyes of God. Because we, we have been corrupted by sin. And so our standard for goodness is not God's standard for goodness. It's, for Him, it's very different. For instance, we often think that, that our comforts in life, our wealth, you know, material prosperity, even, even a problem-free life, meaning life without problems, we often think that these are good things. And we say that problems are bad or sickness are, are always bad. Sometimes we think like that. We do. But we know from experience, we know from experience, from Scripture, that these things we say are good, which we say is good, can also be a curse. Money, we say it's, some people say it's good, but it can also be a curse. Health, yes, it can be good. But did you know that it can also be a curse? And yeah, we begin to curse when we begin to pay the bills, right? Maraming utang then. That's where we curse now. Secondly, God did not only allow suffering in the lives of His servants. You know, if you go back to, to, 
scripture and look at the lives of God's servant, uh, you know, the apostles, the prophets, even the nation of Israel, God did not only allow suffering. We know there's suffering in the lives of God's people and his servants, even the apostles. But he intentionally caused suffering in their lives. Intentionally. And I want you to consider this. In 2 Corinthians 12. Let me go to this passage. In 2 Corinthians 12. This is the Apostle Paul uh, saying these words. He said, So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of God's revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being con con conceited. Now let's just focus on that last few statements there. In fact, this statement, uh, in other translation, it describes us as, of course, uh, here a thorn, a messenger of Satan, uh, in other translation, to torment him. I think it uses the word harass him. So in other translations, it says torment him. Well, what you notice in this passage, this torment, this, this thing, whatever this thing is, whatever this messenger of Satan that is harassing Paul, that is causing some problems or in suffering in the life of the Apostle Paul, this came from God. It was God who sent this. And, and, and some Christians, they would try to be safe in saying, oh, God only, God allows suffering, but He does not initiate it. They just wanted to be safe and they don't, uh, as if that God, you know, it's outside of God's control. But what you find in this passage, it is God who ordained this for Paul. It was God who made this happen. Just like the passage in Second Chronicles, it was God who did bring the famine, who did bring the pestilence and, 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 and the locusts. And some people might say, some of, you, some of you might say, oh, this is so unthinkable. How, come, how can God do such a thing? This is unthinkable. You know, it is not unthinkable if you know the God we serve, if you really know him. That is why we need to read the Bible even more carefully. Because sometimes we make assumptions about God's ways, but it is not founded on the truth, not founded on God's word. And as we study God's word, we find that trials, tribulations, hardship, suffering is as important as love, by the way. It is as important as faith and belief. Just, just look at what, G, what Paul says here in, in, in Philippians 1.29. And this is the word of Christ. Paul, these words, although Paul wrote this, but this is the very words of Christ. He said, for it has been granted for you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe, look at that, believe, but also suffer for his sake. You notice that in this passage, belief is somehow equated with, with suffering. That if you believe in Christ, you will also suffer for him.
In fact, when Paul was, was just converted to Christianity, the moment Paul was, con a, a few, mo few, maybe a couple of days after Paul was converted to Christianity, Ananias, the one who baptized him, God talked to this person, talked to Ananias, and, and, and told, him, told him about Paul. This is what God said, where Jesus said to Ananias, I will show Paul, I will show this man how much he must suffer for my name. So belief and suffering, belief and tribulation, or faith and tribulations, they're like the two sides of the coin. When you believe in Christ, tribulation comes with it. When you believe in Christ, when you have faith in Christ, suffering comes with it. Philippians 1.29, I think it's not a good verse to share to someone you want to win to Christ or bring to Christ because they might say, oh, I don't want to be a Christian because <laughs> it's going to be a hard life. But this is the truth. This is the truth. Because what I'm trying to show you now is that suffering, trials, tribulation, even this pandemic right now is not entirely bad. Because God has a purpose on why He allows such things and why He initiates and does those, these kinds of things. He has a purpose. There's a good reason why God does these things. Comfort. I'm talking the word comfort, C-O-M-F-O-R-T. I'm talking, the comfort I'm, I'm, I'm talking about are, are the things in life that uh, when we say we're problem-free, we don't have any issues in life, when, we're, uh, when, we, when we have pleasures, enjoying the pleasures in life or self-gratification, comfort and wealth. And wealth, comfort and wealth. These things can make you blind to certain realities in life. Comfort and wealth can make you blind to certain realities in life. In fact, the, one of the outcome of comfort and wealth is the fruit of arrogance and pride. I'm talking about material wealth here. It's the fruit of arrogance and pride. The very things that prevent people from knowing God, the very things that prevent people from seeing God, I want you to see, the, to, to see this passage found in uh, Matthew 19.24. And, and, and this is Jesus speaking here. He, this is what he said. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Matthew 19.24. Easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It's not just the wealth itself, the money itself, that prevents rich people, in this case, this rich person, from entering the kingdom of God. It is his un unwillingness to let go of his comforts. It, it, it is his unwillingness to let go of the pleasures he is experiencing from being wealthy, from, be, from having all this money. You know, remember the, the, the rich man who approached Jesus and wanted to follow him? And Jesus told him to sell your possessions 
and, and, and follow him and follow Jesus. And the man turned back and didn't continue and didn't follow Jesus. And Jesus said the reason why he didn't follow Christ because he had so much wealth. He had, he had, had so much and he, he, he was very much comfortable and very much enjoying the pleasures of his wealth that, that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want any changes in his life. He doesn't want any, any discomfort in his life. He didn't want anything to rock, rock his boat. And since he had everything in life, he has all his comforts and pleasure and, and, and wealth, he would not even consider God. He would not even consider approaching God or following Christ. For him, God or Jesus Christ is not an option because I have everything. What else do I need? What else do I need? I don't need God. I have everything. That's why this passage tells us that it is impossible, humanly speaking, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. But yes, I will tell you that a rich person can enter the kingdom of God, but it's only by God's grace and power. It's only by God's grace and power. It's not by human effort or by human wisdom or by human determination. Now, if you, if you look at that last uh, that statement, uh, going through the eye of a needle, you know, there's several interpretations of that passage there, of that portion there. But one, one explanation for that is that the eye of a needle is actually a small city gate. It's a gate in the city of Jerusalem, the wall of Jerusalem. And it's, it's, it's a small gate where the camel cannot enter by just walking through it. Camel cannot enter by simply walking through it. The, way, the only way for the camel to go through it is to kneel down and enter. And so it talks about humility. Uh, you know, the, 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 the imagery of, an, of a camel kneeling down and, walk, and going through that gate it talks about humility. That it's only through a humble heart. Unless this rich person becomes a humble person or humbles his heart down, or unless God humbles down this person, this person is not able to enter the kingdom of God. And you might be asking, Al, where are you going in this message? This message directly relates with what's going on today. Directly relates what's going on today. When you begin to look at all the verses or scriptures in, in the New Testament that talks about the different kinds of sins, you know, there's, there's verses in the Bible that talks about, that gives you a list of different kinds of sin. And one of, the, one of those passages is 2 Timothy, Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 1 up to 4, and it gives you a listing of sin. What, what, what you'll notice in this passage is that the rejection of God. When people, the people that reject God, the people that, that run away from God and, and dislike God and, and have nothing to do with God in their lives are the people also who love pleasure, are the people who love comfort, who are lovers of money, people who are conceited, lustful, lovers of self. Let me just read you this, pa this passage. But understand this, that in the last days, talking about our time, and we're getting close to the last days, that there will come times of difficulty. 
And of course, we have difficulty nowadays. Verse 2, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive. Listen to that. Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen, and swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. The people that, are, that, that usually we see in life that rejects God, that rejects Jesus Christ, are the people who's described in this passage. Lovers of pleasure, lovers of money. Pleasure, talking about comfort, the pleasures in life. They enjoy a problem-free life. These are the people who don't have any problems in life. Because they don't want to, maybe don't want to face problems or they have lots of money that they don't see any problem. This is the very reason and I think this is the heart of the matter as to why people in this world today reject God. I don't think there's a compelling evidence for, against, you know, God's existence. I don't think there's evidence that tells us that God does not exist. In fact, there's no evidence that tells us that God does not exist. I think that's not the reason why people reject God. It's not science. It's not logic. It is because people are lovers of sin. Our people are lovers of pleasure, of self. The reason why people reject God in this world is really because of sin. That is really the reason. And they don't want to answer to a holy God. They don't want to be accountable to a holy and righteous God. And this is what's happening to our world today. If you're going to ask me, Al, where's your evidence? Just look at your kids. Just look at all your kids. Just look at your kids in, in grade school, in high school, in college. I know not all kids are like this. I pray that none of our kids in church are like this. But just look at the children of today. Just look at the different people from different countries today. Children, just look at children today. They, be, they have become arrogant, prideful, brazenly disrespectful to parents. Brazen, meaning they, it's back in the day, I, I know I'm talking like an old person here, but when we, when, we, when we disrespect our parents, you usually do it in hiding. We don't really say, say it out loud or, or even, you know, we, we, we don't express it. But today, kids are brazenly, expressively, you know, expressively, they, they, they show it, they show their disrespect to your parents. And those are, this is one of the sins that's listed here. Disobedient to their parents. And this kind of heart prevents them from seeing God and knowing God and understanding God.
And what's causing this in our generation, in our time? I believe it's because of our love for pleasure. Our, we are so comfortable today. Our generation right now, we are living such comfortable lives. Our children today, their lives are very, very comfortable. Very comfortable. They have a bus to go to school. They don't need to walk. You know, they can spend hours and hours in front of television. They can sp spend hours and hours in front of computers and social media doing nothing really significant. Or playing a video game for hours and hours without any consequence. Without, they're still going to be alive after doing that. You know, can you imagine a generation in the past who would just sit down for hours and hours, even days, and do nothing? Maybe there, there, were, there were people like that in the past. But today, we're just, they're just doing these things without any consequence, without, without any problem on their part. They live such comfortable lives, very comfortable what are these things? What's going on in the world today with these kinds of things? We are lovers of pleasure. Because what do you get from these things in the end? Maybe there are people who do these things for, for, for work or as a source of living. But majority for, of us, we pretty much just do this for the entertainment part of it. For the pleasure part of it. And, and our comfortable lives today... Not just among our kids, but even adults, even nations. This is, I believe, the reason why we cannot see God. And this is the reason why we are rejecting God. I believe the rejection of God's existence is a religion of those who live comfortable and, and, lie, and a life of pleasure. Comfortable lives and a life of pleasure. Life of pleasure. You know, growing up in the Philippines, I, uh, many of us probably grow, grew up there as well. I, growing up in Mindanao, I always hear these words from my parents and many people there, you know, relatives, family, they would always say the word, Puhun. Puhun. Uh, for you who are Visayan, you probably heard this word, Puhun. My parents always use this word. Um, and let me give you an example on how to use the word, Puhun. Uh, uh, I'm not sure how it's spelled. Maybe it's P-U-H-O-N, maybe. I think that's the right spelling. Yeah, Erwin says, okay. <laughs> uh, for instance, how I use this word puhon in, 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 in a normal conversation, I would say, for instance, I would talk to my mom, and I would tell her, Ma, let's, have, let's plan for a vacation in Austin next year, Ma. Let's go to Austin next year. And she would respond, she would tell me, puhon, puhon. You know, the word puhon in the Visayan language, it comes from the root word puon, which is really another word for God. So when you say puhon, you're, what you're saying is God. It's actually a short word, a short version of the statement by God's grace. When you say puhon, it is by God's grace. So basically what my mom is saying, Mom, let's go to Austin next year. Let's have a vacation. My mom would say, by God's grace. We know there's so much, 
suffering in the Philippines. Poverty is high. You know that. And not just the Philippines. There are many countries in the world that's third world countries that are, that are going through a lot of difficulty, suffering. But what the, one thing I noticed growing up in the Philippines might have changed now. But one thing I noticed growing up in the Philippines, the people there and people in many third world countries, they are sensitive to God. The culture of those countries are naturally attracted to God. And the everyday language has an awareness of God. This word pohon is, is part of the natural conversation, part of the natural language. Because this people has an awareness of God. And I believe that the suffering that many of these struggling countries are going through, like the Philippines, is allowing them to be sensitive to God. Because I believe that the reason why God allows suffering and tribulation is for us to be aware of Him, to know Him. That you, you, you have a felt, you have a sense of a need for God. And that is what we find in countries that are going through difficult struggles and trials, tribulations like the Philippines and many other uh, struggling countries. And I see this culture in the Mexican culture. We see this culture in many of the Latin American culture. Of course, we see this culture even in, among African countries as well. And of course, Philippines and many of the Asian countries, they might not worship Jesus or the God of the Bible, but there is an awareness of a holy God, of a, of a, of a being that's, that, worth, that deserves their worship. But do you know where are the countries that reject God? Where is atheism coming from? Where is secularism coming from? Are from countries that are rich, countries that, are, that, that live comfortable lives, like Europe. Like many of the Middle East countries, like, like America, like here today. And I believe the reason why, one of the reasons maybe why God allowed or, or maybe initiated this pandemic, if, it's, if, if we know indeed that it's from God, is to bring us discomfort. To remove us from our comfortable lives because we are now rejecting Him, turning away from Him. Our comfortable lives, the comfortable lives of our kids, prevents them from seeing God. They're not able to see God. Because for God, and this is what I believe, there is something infinitely more important to Him than our comfortable lives. There is something infinitely more valuable to Him than our health, than our wealth, than our possessions, than our career, than our security. And, 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 and God will remove those things in a single moment without even a second thought for this one most important thing. If any of this prevents you from knowing Him, He will not hesitate to remove your security, to remove your comforts, to remove your possessions, to even remove your health and your wealth 
for this one thing, and that is your soul. That is your soul. Listen to this passage. Jesus said, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits or loses, in other translation, or loses his soul? For what shall a man give in return for his soul? Let me paraphrase this for you in my own paraphrase, in, in Al's paraphrase, Bible. What good is it that if you have all the comforts in the world, what good is it if you have all the wealth in the world? What good is it if you have good health and a nice body? What good is it if you have a good career? What good is it, what good is it if you know all the knowledge of science? What good is, is it if you have lots of properties in this world, yet lose your own soul? Lose your own soul. And suffer for all eternity in the lake of fire. A place where there is no goodness, love, or joy. You know, the Bible calls this place hell or eternal death. So let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, that what we're up against now is not COVID virus. It's not this pandemic. That's not our biggest concern. What we're up against is God himself. It is God himself. Yes, God is love. Yes, God is good. And yes, he is good cares for you. However, your sin has made you his enemy. And God, if you are not in Christ, if you are not in Christ, you are an enemy of God. And God is a terrifying enemy. He is a terrifying enemy. You don't want him to be your enemy. But that's what, that, this is what makes us, when we, when we, when we as in our sin, our sin makes us an enemy of God. But here's the good news. Here is the good news for you. Though our sin has made us enemies of God, but this is what the Bible says. For while we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. Even though our sin has made us enemies of God, Jesus Christ is our reconciliation. God wants us for himself. He wants us to be restored back to himself. To be in relationship with him. The Bible calls this eternal life. Eternal life. If you are a Christian, if you are already wrecked, and how do, what does a Christian mean? If you are reconciled with Christ, that is what is a Christian, what a Christian is. A person who is reconciled with Jesus Christ. A person who has surrendered his life to Jesus as his Lord and Savior. 
if you are now reconciled with Christ, if you are a Christian and you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are now saved and you are now safe. S-A-F-E, safe. Why? Because no matter what happens, whether this pandemic gets worse or this pandemic goes away, you, st you are still in the center of God's will. You're still in the hands of God. Jesus promised to hold you in his hands. God the Father promised to hold you in his hands. You are secure no matter what. You are secure no matter what happens, good or bad. You are safe. When you are in Jesus Christ, there's really nothing to worry about. Whether it's going to be worse or it's going to get better, there's really no downside, by the way, for Christians. There's no downside. There's no negative there. Just imagine what happened in Noah's day when the ark, when Noah built the ark and there was this flood that, that, that flooded the earth. When you are in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you have surrendered your life to Him, you are now resting freely and peacefully inside the ark. There is a storm out there. There is typhoon or whatever, hurricanes or whatever danger that's going on outside the ark. But you're now inside the ark resting and, and at peace. Because this is what salvation brings. You are safe in the ark. That ark in the account of Noah, is Jesus Christ. That's him. It's, it's a type of Christ. It represents who Jesus is, and, and it, it represents the church, by the way. If you are in Christ, you are safe. So there's really nothing to worry about. There's really no downside. Whether good things will happen to you, even when bad things happen to you, because it's all according to the will of God. But here's the, here's the big, however, if you are not in Christ, there's no safety for you. There's no safety for you. Even if good things will happen, even things will get worse, there's still no safety for you. You need to have a relationship with Christ. You need to surrender your life to Christ. Accept Him as your King. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. And if, if you ever, ever, haven't done this ever in the past, now is the time. This is not about religion. This is not about, about whether you're Protestant, Catholic, or whatever. This is God asking you, are you willing to follow me? This is Jesus asking you, are you willing to follow me? This is Jesus asking you, are you willing to give your life to me? Are you, do you, are you willing to be on my side? Because if you're not on Jesus' side, you're not safe and, 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 and you're an enemy of God. That's why I encourage you, and this is the good news, that Jesus is offering us salvation because he already paid for all your sins. That you don't have to pay for it yourself. You can just confidently come to him and say, Jesus, surrender my life to you.
I want to be safe, O Lord, in your arms. I want to be in that ark, O God. And if you, if you, in your heart right now, you, you, you desire in your heart to surrender, if God is telling you, surrender your life to me, I want you to come to the Lord. You may want to stand or you may want to sit, keep sitting down, but I want you to come to the Lord in prayer. Come to Him right now and tell Him, Jesus, I surrender my life to You. I accept You as my Lord and Savior. I will follow You the rest of my life. I believe that You died for my sins. I believe that You rose again from the grave to give me eternal life. Forgive me for all my sins, O oh Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be safe in You. I want to be inside that ark, O oh God safe because without Christ you're like someone outside the ark with a worldwide flood going on and there's nothing safe outside the ark there's no safety outside the ark we know what, how the story goes eventually everyone who was outside that ark during the time of Noah everyone died no one survived. You don't want to be in that situation. That's why surrender your life to Jesus Christ because He is, he is your salvation and you will find a safe, it's, 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 it's safe being in Him. I believe this message also talk, is talking to the nations. That our nations, our country, even the United States, and even many of the countries around the world who are struggling this pandemic, I pray that they will humble themselves down. Because this is what this, our passage says. That if my people will humble themselves, or called by my name, of course, and humble themselves and pray, Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. God will hear us. I pray that this discomfort, this, this situation that makes a lot of people uncom uncomfortable and, and anxious, we desire that this situation will draw people to the Lord, will bring people to Christ. And I pray that all of you who are listening, you will turn to Christ. Because He is your salvation. It's not medicine or anything that the world provides. It might be able to help you temporarily. But what God values most in your life is your soul. And what would it profit you? What good is it to you if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? So surrender your life to God. And let us pray for the nations as we close. Father in heaven, Lord God in heaven, we worship and honor you, Lord. We glorify you, O God. We give you praise. Lord, you said in your word that we are to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. O God, even this pandemic, Lord, is part of your will. Because you called us to give thanks in all circumstances, good or bad, to give thanks. 
because I believe, Lord, that there is good that can come out of it, or you have a good plan for this, Lord God. And Lord, we know in part, O oh God, what your plan is, based on what we read from your word, O oh God. Lord, that it is your desire for people to humble themselves, Lord. And I pray that it will start with us. It will start with the church, O oh God. That, Lord, if we haven't been very serious in our Christian life, O oh God, we haven't committed, O oh God, Lord, we haven't committed ourselves to prayer, to your word, to fellowship, to loving one another, to loving, O oh God, the church, and loving and serving, O oh God, and, and, and sharing the gospel to those who are lost. If we haven't committed ourselves to you, Lord, totally, O oh God, Lord, I pray that this circumstance will change that, oh God. That we as Christians, oh God, as believers, we will live lives that's fully surrendered to you, Lord. Fully given up to you, Lord God. And Lord, I pray also, Lord God, for the world that is suffering right now, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this situation, for this discomfort, for this, for this, for this pestilence, oh God. Lord, I believe you're using this, Lord God, to, to bring people down to their underneath, oh God, in humility, Lord God. To come to you in prayer, oh God. To turn from their wicked ways, oh God. And Lord, to seek your face. I do pray, oh God, that the nations will seek your face. The United States of America will seek your face, oh God. Open their eyes to the reality of who you are, O oh God. That the Philippines will seek your face. That even in our neighboring countries, Lord, Mexico and Canada will seek your face, O oh God. Let there be an awakening in this world today, Lord God. An awakening, Lord God, not just to anything, O oh God, but Lord, to the gospel, O oh God, to the Lord Jesus Christ that people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior and surrender their lives to you because the real solution, the real hope comes from you alone, Lord. Eternal life only is in you, Lord. And there's no other name under heaven by all men to be saved except the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I ask you to bring an awakening in this world. And I pray that our church, oh God, will be there, oh God, will be ready, oh God, to disciple the, those whom you will bring into your kingdom, oh God, who, who were former enemies of God. They will now be reconciled with Christ and help us as a church to be there to take care of these souls, oh God, take care of these lives. And Lord, I pray also for a revival in the church, in our church. That even though we're not meeting physically, Lord, but our hearts will continue to burn for you, oh God. Lord, we will always long for you, long for your presence, long to pray, desire godly things, live life that is holy and pleasing before you, oh God. This is what I ask, oh God, for our church. And Lord, that we'll see people being drawn to you that when they see our lives, when they see how we live our lives, when they know our love and, and the joy and the, and the purpose, Lord, that you have for us, they'll be attracted to the life of Christ to, through us. And Lord, people will be drawn to you. People will be drawn to this church. And help us to be that kind of church who loves, oh God. 
we believe we can do this, Lord, by your power and strength. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit in our midst today, in the homes of everyone, Lord. Lord, pour out your peace and joy on each one who's listening right now. Lord, let them put their faith in you. grace and your goodness and your mercy. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and I also again thank you, Erwin, for, for his uh, leadership earlier as well. Um, so join us next Sunday again on, on, our, on our live stream uh, on, on our Sunday worship as well as uh, our prayer meeting on Saturday at 6 as well. So um, if you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to uh, send me a message. There's many ways you can send me or you can ask the question, ask a question on our, on our Facebook page as well. Just, just comment there. I will we'll answer your questions. Uh, if you accepted Christ uh, through this message and through this uh, live stream, uh, you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, just, just send, send a message as well. Uh, uh, just write a message on, on the comment page portion of, 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 the, of the post as well. And, and let us know if you watch, whatever means you want us to know, maybe like or even dislike if, you, if that's okay. <laughs> uh, as long as uh, we know that you're there and also make some comments as well. So thank you and God bless.